Before we begin today's show, I'd like to say a big thank you to today's sponsor, Kiehl's. As an award-winning skincare brand that was founded in 1851, Kiehl's is scientifically formulated to respect, restore, and strengthen the skin. Kiehl's and I are also on similar missions within the LGBTQ community. I love that the brand has just announced a partnership with Just Like Us, a leading LGBTQ charity that supports young people in the UK by eliminating homophobic, biphobic, and transphobic bullying in schools, which is so incredibly important. Head to keels.co.uk to find out more about this brilliant initiative, as well as their amazing products. While there may be no clear evidence of the very first tattoos in England, a strong argument can be made for the case of Captain James Cook being the driving force behind the rise of their popularity. The famous British explorer's journey to the Tahitian Islands introduced him to a world where body art flourished, and many of his sailors were so impressed by the native art form that they chose to receive tattoos of their own. By the beginning of the 19th century, more than 90% of Cook sailors had received at least one tattoo. Swallow tattoos are recognised to be very meaningful to sailors. According to tales, if one sailor was tattooed with one swallow, he was believed to have travelled 5,000 nautical miles. If one has many swallow tattoos, it indicates a very experienced and valuable sailor. Historically, tattoos have often held multiple meanings. Today, a swallow is a very traditional tattoo that symbolises travel, loyalty and fidelity. I'm a big football fan and a lot of my mates when I had it done were like, oh, you've got a swallow on your hand, you're a hooligan. Because in the footballing world, a swallow on the hand means like a flying fist. So it kind of means like you're a hooligan as well. It is also a symbol of joy and peaceful times. In countries like Austria and Estonia, the return of the swallow signifies spring that is believed to be associated with change. Why am I telling you this? Well, today's guest credits his granddad's tattoo for first capturing his imagination. The tattoo it brought to mind? A swallow on his hand. I'd say influenced by tattoos just because of my granddad who I looked up to. He had numerous tattoos and, and ones that are very visible. You know, the old school swallow on the hand. And I was just fascinated by that, how someone can just change their body with art so easily as well. Danny Robinson is a world-renowned tattoo artist and UK TV personality, shooting to fame via MTV's hit show, Just Tattoo of Us. Danny has been able to showcase his incredible talent around the world. As a result, he has turned tattooists to the stars, having tattooed the likes of Tottenham's Jamie O'Hara, and Love Island's Olivia Bower and Jade Thurlow from Little Mix. A grand ascent from the days of teaching himself to tattoo in his bedroom at home, it's safe to say that this man lives and breathes tattoos. Yeah, and that's what I loved about him. I, I loved, like, that there's a jokey side to him and, you know, a bit, a bit of fun, but also you can tell that he, you know, he cares about what he does. He cares about his passion, like. I'm your host, Gareth Thomas, and welcome to skin deep right well danny robinson thanks so much for joining us on uh, skin deep mate so you're obviously a high profile tattoo artist you're a tattoo shop owner 
You're even a creator of a line of tattoo guns, and you're a man who has a fair amount of tattoos himself. So, Daddy Bud, where did this all start? Because this isn't just something that obviously has just been created in the last couple of months or last couple of years. Your association with tattoos, where did it all begin? Yeah, so for me, it was from a very, very early age. I'd been, I'd say, influenced by tattoos just because of my granddad who I looked up to. He had numerous tattoos and and ones that are very visible, you know, the old school swallow on my hand. And I was just fascinated by that, how someone can just change their body with art so easily as well. And yeah, so that really captured my attention in that. And from a very, very early age, um, I was in hospital a lot due, due to being asthmatic. And on the kids' wards, there would be all the murals and stuff on the, on the walls. And that's when I started actually physically drawing. So I'd constantly do that as a kid. And then when I hit the age of 14, I thought it'd be a clever idea to go and get a tattoo when I was still at school. <laughs> at 14? 14 years of age, yeah. So I didn't, I didn't think too much of it. I didn't see back then how much of a big deal a kid of, of what, I was, what, what I was getting a tattoo until I, I went home and showed my mum and dad and got absolutely, it, yeah, I got, I got, I got in trouble. It's all right, you that. can say it, bud. You can say it. Bollocked, yeah. yeah, yeah. I got absolutely bollocked, mate. Yeah, so I remember I got the tattoo. I, I went with my friend of mine. He knew the tattooist, so he did it. And then I went to my, my girlfriend's at the time and I showed her mum and dad, like, look at this tattoo I've got. And when I saw their faces, that's when reality hit that shit this was not a good idea it's <laughs> not a good idea at all and they said you're going to get absolutely bollocks when you grow home and um she was right i did you know i i, I told my brother he he's called me an absolute idiot we went to a shop i got my mum some flowers and my dad some whiskey and I went, <laughs> I went round with this whiskey and some flowers and they said what's that for i said i've done something really really stupid i thought it was a good idea and a nice idea but i've got a tattoo done and my mum didn't believe me at first until she like saw the blood on the, the, the cling film and yeah, I got in trouble, mate. I, I, I think you actually broke the law on many accounts there because not apart from having a tattoo at 14, you actually went and bought a bottle of whiskey at 14. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what's frightening as well? I got served for the whiskey. I didn't get anyone yeah. to do it for me. I got served for that whiskey. <laughs> so what was, what, what was the tattoo and where was it? So being 14, it could have been a horrific tattoo, you know, yeah. at that age. But it, to be fair... It was a nice tattoo and it was done quite well. It was a cross. It was on my shoulder, on the back of my shoulder blade. It was a cross and it had a scroll wrapped around it with my mum, dad, and my brother's name in it. So, it, yeah, it wasn't anything daft like, you know, a football badge or anything like that. Right. So I think I think when the scene had settled a little bit, she, when she came to terms with, you know, it's not actually that bad. Obviously, you would know if we're getting it, but it could have been a lot worse. So did your mum and dad have tattoos or was it just your granddad? It was, it was my granddad, my uncle, and then my brother was the same as me. So in, in my family, it's literally just my granddad and my uncle that I've got tattoos, and then me and my brother. My, my dad's not got one. My right. mother's not got one. I've always, I've been pestering for years for my dad to get one. I'm pestering for years, and then finally, given, he went, right, draw one on me, and we'll see how it looks. Anyway, I drew one on him, and he looked like an absolute idiot, so I never did it. It just didn't suit him whatsoever. <laughs> It looked like an, uh, a middle-aged man trying to be cool. So we just didn't go with it. We, we didn't right. go for it in the end. So was you a natural artist? Like, does it, does it come... Because I think 
when I think of art, like I, somebody says to me, sit down and draw, and may, I'm terrible. So, but some people can just naturally do it, but then also some people train to do it. Yeah, I, I'd say I was, it was natural for me. Just because I, uh, being in hospital that early age from, from three, I don't remember not drawing, if you know what I mean. So growing up, for me, it was always, I was just drawing. Don't get me wrong, I wasn't amazing when I was growing up, but I got yeah. good. But but yeah. for me now, yeah, I would say it's definitely it's more natural for me to just do it. Did you ever speak to your granddad about his tattoos or what they symbolised or meant to him? Because your granddad had a swallow on his hand, which is kind of an iconic tattoo. It's very iconic, yeah. I, I did ask my granddad many, many years ago about if they did mean anything. And because it, it usually comes from like a sailor background, doesn't it? When you yeah. see the swallow and, but the, the, he has no connection to that. It was literally when he was young, that's what people were getting. And just similar to what it is now, do you know what I mean? People get them because other people have got them. And it's, you know, and that at the time was the iconic one, the swallow on the hand, which I, I still, I still love it. I still yeah. love it. I've got, well, I've got a swallow on my right hand and what I had that done was because I kind of vaguely researched what a swallow meant because I didn't want to have a swallow on my hand because of what it means for like other people. I wanted to have a swallow on my hand because of what it means to me. I'm a big football fan, and a lot of my mates, when I had it done, were like, oh, you've got a swallow on your hand, you're a hooligan. Because in the footballing world, a swallow on the hand means like a flying fist. So it kind of means like you're a hooligan as well. So it's kind of evolved into that but my my understanding of a swallow was I wanted it on my right hand because I'm right-handed so when I shake somebody's hand it's their first impression I see or when I was playing rugby you know if I was to hand someone off or not that I would ever do this Danny but maybe accidentally punch someone you never know like oh, of course you wouldn't yeah then, then it would be it would be like my first impression is is again that thing to me and I'm, because a swallow the majority of the time, a swallow nests in its same place or it tries to come back to wherever it's, it, it first nested. Then for me, it was a representation of home. Hometown, yeah. I, it, was, it was like, this is what it means to me. So my first impression of you is that I'm a home bird. Well, that's why I wanted to ask you about your granddad if he had that similar translation of what he it meant to him or just the fact that he's seen it and he had it. Cause I, yeah, I, I literally think it was the he'd seen it and, and he, he, he likes it. How old was you when you got yours? So my, my the swallow I was the swallow was probably about probably about ten years ago I'd say when when I had it and again it was it was all of a sudden everybody assumed yeah that I was a football hooligan because it, it, there's this translation of the flying fist that is, you have a bird on your hand and because it, it is very much as well it's, it's like a football. It's a football kind of tattoo. It's, it's like transcending what it was supposed to have meant and has yeah. kind of evolved into something else. So do you still have that tattoo that you had at the age of 14? Is it still there? I've, I've literally, within the last nine months, got it covered. And it's only, the only reason I've got it covered, I know it's not because I disliked it or regretted it. It was because I wanted a full back piece and it was getting in the way and there was no way of working my design into with that there. It was just didn't relate to it. So in the end, I decided to cover it, and my mum was absolutely distraught, believe it or not. Really? Yeah, she was absolutely gutted I got I got that covered. Because she sees it as that was the turning point in my life where I kind of committed myself to to tattoos and 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 you know getting in that industry and, and now it's covered. So it meant a lot for her that that tattoo. So yeah, she was gutted. So how did you then get into because I what I've learned so far doing this series as well 
is that getting into the tattoo industry, it's not an easy thing to do. You know, it's not like you can just go to the job center and there's like, you know, apprenticeships for tattoo artists. It's, it's, it's quite a, a niche market to get into. So how did you get into it? And was there like a lucky break? Yeah. So I didn't do it straight away when I left school. I went into various jobs just because I never thought I would be good enough to do tattooing. I saw it as such a, a niche that it was just self-confidence. I just didn't think I would be any good at it as much as I loved it. So what I did is, like I said, I did numerous jobs and then I came out of work and I was just trying to do anything to make ends meet. And my dad said, why don't you just do something with your art and go for it? So I put two and two together and I thought, right, I'm just going to go for it because I can draw. I, I love tattoos. I've had many. Let's see where it goes. And I tried everywhere for an apprenticeship. I knocked on nearly every studio in Blackpool, and there's a lot, with my little portfolio I had, and they were all just fobbing me off, saying, we haven't got space, or your portfolio's not strong enough. So I thought, I'm already committed to this. This is what I want to do. I'm going to go for it. So I, I literally went online, bought a tattoo kit with the last of my the money I had to my name, and I was literally just watching tutorials online on YouTube, I was practicing on myself. I did many tattoos on my legs or wherever I could reach. And then I started tattooing friends, close friends who trusted me. And I did that for about a year. And then I finally got into a studio and I call him my tattoo dad. He's called Bob. He, he was is an old school tattooist, got many years of experience. And he finally took me. He just liked me. He even said my portfolio is not good enough, but he sees something in me. So I learned everything off him for four years, and then and then I finally went on my own. Right. When you say you tattooed yourself and your friends, are you actually saying like you 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 took the gun and you actually tattooed, or you drew with like a pen, like a kind of imaginary, or you actually tattooed yourself? Physically tattooed myself. Wow. <laughs> the, the kit I bought it came with practice skin, and it was absolutely shite. I just couldn't get, I couldn't get the knack of it. And I was thinking, skin can't be this tough. So I, I, I literally, I just went on my legs. I drew a design because back, back then for, for nearly five years of my tattooing, every tattoo I did was pretty much freehand. Wouldn't use a stencil. Wow. Just because I, wa- I wanted to bring that art side to it. There's too many tattooists out there that can't draw and don't have an artistic background that will just trace, stencil, and tattoo. So yeah, I, I, I freehanded, and it was easier on skin. I was getting, I was getting the hang of it. I was learning, learning the ropes a little bit, and then when I could pull a solid line together and stuff, that's when I, I would physically tattoo my friends, which wow. I don't recommend these days because I've, it's got a bad name to it. Tattooing from home and and mobile tattooing, mm. but for me, that is that's what got me started, and that's what got me where I am. But I would definitely, definitely recommend. For anyone wanting to get into the industries, just get into a good, reputable studio and just keep keep hounding them until they say yes. Because that's what I do now with my apprentices. There's been many that I've said no to, who've yeah. just kept hounding, and I've just took them on because I, just because just to give them that break that I got. Have you retained or have you covered the tattoos that you did at the start? Because I know you're heavily tattooed on your legs. So have you have you just kind of covered them from the still all, there, all they're still there. They're still there to this day, yeah. I've not covered a tattoo I've done on myself. Wow. <laughs> I, I, I've been thinking about it because they're not the best looking back. But for me, the reason I want to keep them is because it just tells my story and my journey of when I was in my bedroom nearly 10 years ago, doing them first tattoos, 
And every time I look at it, it just reminds me of how far I've come. But on the other hand, they don't look the best on me. <laughs> so that but, makes me want to get rid of them. But, uh, all right, but I, I just think that to me, though, and I think to a lot of our listeners, that will be... That would be the best part about it is the fact that they kind of, they might not look perfect, but Gashkini makes them unique. Absolutely, yeah. They have their own story. Yeah. So the amount of customers who, when you're tattooing someone for seven hours a day, the topic of how you got started usually comes around. And I I just show them because they never believe like you've tattooed yourself. And I show them. And and, and I tell you what, Gareth, even now with my apprentices, they won't tattoo practice skin. They tattoo themselves first. Wow. And, and and when you say I got to go back to this, what I find so fascinating about this, and I'm sure everyone else will, especially if they're kind of you just have tattoos, they're not you, they you know they don't want to be the artist, is the fact of tattooing freehand. Like the minute you said that, right? To me, I think to myself, and I don't know if you still do it now. I would love to be tattooed freehand because I've only ever known, and it, it, it's ringing with me now. When you say that, actually. They, they, to trace something, okay, to trace something with a tattoo gun, yes, is a skill, but it's real art to tattoo without it. Absolutely. So, so my process would be, you know, if someone wanted a freehand tattoo, then I would literally, you get skin markers, which when they're tattooed over, they're, they're still, they're, it's all natural, so it's good for your skin. You know, you can't really put just a normal biro onto skin yeah. and then tattoo over it. So I would literally mark out the area we're tattooing with a skin pen, briefly draw the design so you get an idea of the placement where things are going to be mm. and then we just would have just gone for it and just and just tattooed it and and do you still do that now is that still if somebody requests that would you would you still do that now yeah if someone requested it absolutely yeah i would do it the reason i don't do it as much now is because a lot of my work now is more realistic portraiture which you've got to get them bang on and to, to free on that it would take too long so it's more of a time thing as well. And especially when I started out, Gareth, I used to love doing traditional tattoos, which made sense because of my granddad and the past and stuff. And I just love doing that. So yeah, all them, they would be free because they don't take too long to draw. But the way my career has gone now, it's, I'm just known for black and gray realism work. And they take, if I was to draw that on paper, it would take absolutely hours. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so talking about where your career has gone, I think this is what I'm finding really interesting, right, about this chat is is obviously, Dan, you've got like, a, I believe, first time I spoke to you, but I believe like a lot of depth and passion about tattooing that probably I don't think I've come across before. So then you go and you get, yeah, I'd say a lucky break to become very well known on MTV with the program Just Tattoo of Us. Now, for our listeners, if you can just like explain what Just Tattoo of Us the program is and what your part to play was. So Just Tattoo of Us is a, it's a TV show that's on MTV. Very, very popular show. It did very, very well. And the idea of the show is you would come on in pairs. So you could come on with a friend, a loved one, your mum, anyone at all. And you would pick tattoos for each other. And you would not know what that tattoo is until it's been tattooed and revealed at the end when you are reunited again with who you came on the show with. So there would be a big reveal at the end and you would see what you've got. And as you can guess, a lot of lads would come on and I'm saying that we had cousins that came on and brothers and sisters that absolutely ruined each other. So at the start of when the idea was pitched to us as artists to to cast for the show, 
we thought, yeah, there'd be a couple of laughs, but there'll be some nice ones, you know, yeah. someone coming on with a mum and dedicating it to a, a lost relative or something. But, oh my goodness, the, the first series we did and then the first brief we've got was these two cousins and one of them, she got slut tattooed on her arse. She got this tattooed on her cousin's arse because apparently she's, <laughs> apparently she's a bit of a slag. Um, so this was our first brief, Gareth, right? They just... <laughs> We've just took a month off work to go to London and then they give you this, right? You, you're going to be... I wasn't doing the slot. I was doing the other side of the story. And that was a gorilla with a massive banana because she doesn't shave her parts, apparently. So we were absolutely <laughs> flabbergasted. And we were, we had an artist there who's tattooed Rihanna. She's very popular in the tattoo world. And she would just nearly broke down in tears, like, what what have we signed up to? So, yeah, that's just Tattoo of Us. And that's why it did very well. <laughs> you know, we did five seasons... But my goodness, there's some, a lot went viral. I watched some actually, and I didn't see the slut one, interestingly enough. But so how do you, <laughs> what, what I'm interested to know, and I'm sure, how do you feel, right? Because I think the first part, what we really understood about you is that you really, really care about what you do. So for instance, tattooing a gorilla on someone when you think, oh gosh, this is like, this is principally, I know this is going to be, this is going to be wrong. How do you kind of morally deal with okay i've got to do this and i'm going to do it yeah no it's a good question so on, on that first day of filming when we got the briefs for the designs and we was told right you, this is what you're tattooing you know quite a few of us including myself spoke to the producer and said look we can't do this we can't we this is this is this is beyond a joke like someone is going to have this tattooed on them for the rest of their lives and yeah they're going to they're going to absolutely hate it so how can we passionately tattoo knowing that there's going to be no, you know, no nice things to be said about it. And, you know, the producers said, basically, look, this is what you've signed up to. You knew that this, this could happen. Yeah, it's right. We did know it could happen, but we just didn't think people are going to do this to this on that scale. You know, a small little, a small little tattoo. Yeah, that's funny. But with these briefs, the people that was coming on, they could tell us how big they want this tattoo to be on their partner. And obviously, they wanted to go viral themselves and have the, the two minutes of fame, and they want to make sure they're doing the, these crazy tattoos. But morally, I had to, in my head, I had to just think, right, yeah, she's, for example, I'm just using this scenario, she's getting a gorilla, but yeah. she has also branded her cousin with the word slut. Yeah. So right. I had to get, obviously, it, it became a lot harder when you get a couple on the show who, one was doing something really nice for the person they've come on with, and the other one was trying to ha- literally have them over. But that didn't really happen until like the second season, and it was getting paranoid like, what's this going to do basically on our image when the show goes out? And uh, do you know what? Us tattooists didn't really get much slander. It was right. the people on them. I think the viewers and other yeah. people were were beginning to realise that this is their doing. The artist is just doing the job. And I was thinking, if I don't do it, someone else is going to do it. And at least it's going to be done well. That was, that yeah, was my that's way. Yeah, point, yeah. Because again, I'm sure there's many times in your tattoo studio now where people come in and ask for things, obviously not, not, not to the extreme, but things that you probably think are say, just a fashion purpose or something that you, you don't want to do. But actually, as well as having like a moral code, you still have a job to do. And you're just yeah. doing your job. Absolutely. Did you do another? Did you do another television yeah. program after that? Yeah. It was literally the reverse effect. So 
obviously a production company makes just tattoo of us for MTV. Mm. And then after the fourth season, a few of us left just because we thought it was time. Yeah. And then MTV ran me up, said, we've heard you've left the show. We've also got this other idea, but we're going to do it digitally. And it's called positive inking. So just like, for example, you know, just the two of us, you'll come in in pairs and you get a tattoo and it's probably you're going to get done over on there. Yeah. Positive inking was more, well, here's what it says, positive. So we would have people that would come on. They would tell us their story. And us as an artist, it was me and my friend Jody. We would then design a tattoo for them, tattoo it, and then reveal it at the end. So they wouldn't know what they're getting. It's the same, same principle, but it was going to be a nice one. And that was like a breath of fresh air to do that. It was honestly, it was lovely. And we had some cracking stories on it. We had some lovely people that came on with some really nice stories. We we had a, a girl who I tattooed and she's all about promoting plus size modeling. She's got quite a bit of a following from doing that. So she came on and was talking about, you know, people like fat shaming and doing all this, these awful things. So we we did a nice tattoo for her. And then turned out it was one of my good friends from when we were kids. He came on and I didn't know. And his brother committed suicide when he was younger. Mm. And we did a tattoo for his brother. But at the same time, what we're doing is you get in to see the tattoo and you, we're getting to have a chat at the same time and delivering some really, really positive messages during the session. That must be like, I, I suppose for an artist to be given freedom of expression to let you like, I suppose you just let your juices flow, knowing somebody's story must it be is, it quite, a perfect, yeah. It's a perfect situation for us as artists to be given that freedom yeah. um, and, and to really deliver something positive that the person you know you're tattooing it on is going to absolutely love it. And as an artist, that's what that's what we, we love and what we want yeah, to do. That's such a cool thing. Because then... I, I think I think what you've done then is you've created, I suppose, a platform to, for yourself to be socially within the world in general. But I think more so within like a tattoo community, I suppose, to become pretty much world famous. You're a world famous tattoo artist now. Would you agree with that? Um, I think the humble side of me wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't give myself that. <laughs> well, let me talk to the other side. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think if you, I mean, MTV is such a such a massive platform. And the MTV show, it got it got shown in, I think, 60-plus countries. I remember being wow. on holiday, and it was on in the bar. And that was, for me, was like, Jesus Christ. I couldn't yeah. believe it. I was just literally just having, a, having a drink, and I was on the telly. And that's when I thought, yeah, this is quite – what I've done is extraordinary, to be honest. It's a great platform to be on. With that platform, then, being a famous tattoo artist – my assumption, because I've done some work with Mark Mahoney. Do you know Mark Mahoney from LA? Godfather. Yeah, pretty much like the dawn of Tattoo World. And I think when you get to a level, which he is, which you are, then you get people who are on that level socially to come to you for tattooing, as in famous people. And also, I suppose, other studios wanting you to work or have a kind yeah. of guest appearance in their studios. So do you have many famous people you've tattooed or like are you in demand for being a tattoo studios yeah i would agree with that so just tattoo of us is massive in australia apparently the the show was as popular in australia than it was in england so we had artists and studios from australia reaching out you know offering us guest spots so with tattoo you could do a guest spot where you would go to various studios and and work there for a week and it's good for yourself you get to travel you get looked after 
and it's good for them as well because they've got this you know this name that's been on tv in the, in the studio yeah. and we've i've tattooed a couple of celebrities the the recent one was Jade Thurwell from Little Mix. And obviously, they're, they're the biggest girl band in the world. Yeah, mate, yeah. And yeah, they saw my work on their tour manager and got me in for that. So I got invited to, to Jade's apartment in London. We did a, a lovely tattoo for her on a, on a foot because she's got Arabic heritage and Egyptian heritage. Right. So we did something for that. And then they invited me on tour with them. So that that was fantastic. That you was, went on tour with Little Mix. I don't know. I suppose they t- they take a tattooist on tour. <laughs> Mate, if we did that in the rugby days, that would be the most dangerous thing we could have ever done. They took a tattooist <laughs> on tour with us. Oh, I couldn't imagine going on a rugby tour with the, <laughs> with the lads, man. I remember my, my brother was playing rugby. Well, he still does. And uh, I went on um, a few trips with him and Christ, I could not imagine taking my tattoo. They actually asked me many times, bring me tattoo kit. No. Oh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. So, no, no, no so is, this, is this a common thing that bands take a tattooist on tour with them? I love the concept of it, by the way. I, I'm not knocking it. I think it's amazing. Do you know what? It, it's been done before. There's a, there's a tattooist uh, in America called Bang Bang. He's absolutely, he, he does... He does all the big people. He does Justin Bieber. He does, he does many celebrities. And he's got a book out, and it's a, it's a really interesting read. And he's been on tour with Katy Perry, Justin Bieber. He's, been, he's tattooed Justin Bieber on his plane whilst they're in the air. Yeah, he's got some absolutely amazing stories. And what he does as well, he, when, when he tattoos a celebrity, he gets them to tattoo him as well. So he'll get like he'll get like a, well, it's a permanent memo, isn't it? And I thought, oh. well, that's a fantastic idea. That, and I didn't think of that, so... I'm tattooing Jade again soon, so I'll probably, I might say well, you'll have to give me one. So, uh, yeah, I, I, do you not, maybe as an artist, because I think sometimes with a tattoo, like if I had a tattooist with me on occasions where, you know, like my senses are heightened and, you know, I've just come off stage, like 50,000 people, and I'm like, I want to remember this moment right now. Do you have to kind of be, okay, but you have to be in a certain mindset to understand a tattoo because it can be a reaction a reactionary tattoo can kind of be like tomorrow morning you wake up and you think oh absolutely yeah Yeah, the adrenaline so when i went on tour for them few days i didn't tattoo anyone after the the show it was all done before when everyone was in a calm state of mind and right they had their sensible head on them and plus when you're on tour with someone like that there's not really much time after the show either because there's people waiting for them, so they just want to get they want to get off. But yeah, I would definitely I wouldn't recommend someone to to do it after the show. Just do it before because there's a lot when on tour and stuff like that. You don't realise how much waiting around there is for for the guys and stuff while things are getting set up. So it was good to just when everyone's chilled, we just I had a I had a room next to their dressing room, and it was like a little tattoo studio. I had couches yeah, in right. there. It was it was nice. it, it was absolutely mint. And I did 56 tattoos in two days. <laughs> it was Whoa. absolutely mental. Not just on Little Mix, I'm assuming. That was like no, the... <laughs> no, no, no. That was like the, the dancers and the costume design and the stylists and stuff and, and people involved. It, honestly, it was one of the best things of my career doing that because just to see everything behind the scenes and yeah. what, watching things get built up and how nice the girls are and the people that are involved. There was just no, there was just no arseholes or anything. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, right. That's so cool. It was just, it was, it was cool. It was just everything I hoped for in terms of, I just thought, 
you know, when you see celebrities and like Little Mix have been around years, for example, and then you finally meet them and the 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 arseholes it just ruins it for you. But it yeah. was just brilliant. Everyone was so nice. The, the crew, it was just such a strong bond that that group of people have got. I can't talk from experience. Like I've been on tour with loads of people, but yeah, the the connection that them guys had was phenomenal, mate. And, and so 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 talented. Nice man. So now you've got two, yeah, right, saying two tattoo parlors, studios. Sorry, mate, st- studios. When when I spoke to uh, Mark Mahoney and the Shamrock, his is a social club. That's what he. That's uh, what he, Mark. Uh, do you know Mark. that is so cool? You've spoke to Mark Mahoney, man. I, I've, yeah. I've been watching him on online for before I was tattooing. You well, know, Mark Mahoney has tattooed me. I this this is like a, this is going to sound like a real name drop, and I'm I'm. I'm assuming they're going to edit it. But I'm really good mates, bizarrely, randomly, with Mickey Rourke, who is like best mates with Mark Mahoney. So one day I was in LA and Mickey, like Mickey knows I love my tattoos and I've always loved my tattoos. And he said, shall we go down to the Shamrock Social Club? And I know, knew of Mark Mahoney, but I hadn't really heard of the Shamrock Social Club. I didn't know that that was his place like. Yeah. Mate, we went in there and he ended up, so Mark Mahoney ended up tattooing my fingers with um, life on one finger and Viva on the other. And my, as we sat there and, you know, sometimes like you was probably maybe with your little mix experience, like I was sitting there and I woke up in the morning, not even considering what was going to happen in that day. And like two hours later, I was sitting in the Shamrock Social with Mark Mahoney tattooing my fingers and Mickey sitting next to me having conversations about like David Beckham is the best sitter for Mark and how he tattooed wow. Lady Gaga. Oh man, who's the other dude he kept mentioning? Who's the dude um, who just done a court case with his... Johnny Depp. His, Johnny Depp. And I'm kind of like, I'm just a boy from Bridgen. Like, how the hell did I end up in this... Yeah, that is in this that is tremendous. But I know with Mark, what he does in his studio, so he's got a couple of artists in his studio, and that's why I think the question to direct to you is: Do people come to you now? Now you've created this platform, Danny Robinson, your artwork. Have you created kind of like I suppose a style? So if people wanted a certain style of tattooing, they would come to you because that's like your niche. I wouldn't say I'd created it, I, but, but I definitely agree with people come to me for for black and grey. That's all I, I seem to be doing. And I was so afraid of actually diving into that world because there's so some amazing, amazing people doing it. And then I remember I wanted to I wanted to try doing black and grey roses because they're so traditional and, and, and it's, yeah. I just think they look, they look spot on when they're done. And I did, I did one. And then Bob, the guy whose studio I was in, he said, I need a word with you after work. <laughs> no, we had a word. We sat down. He went, you can't keep, you can't tattoo another rose like that again into my studio. I said, what are you on about? He said, it was absolutely shite. It looked like a cabbage. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, I'm very motivated. Like, I can't be told no. <laughs> so yeah. I said, no, 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 no. I'm going to do another one. Anyway, I did another one slightly better. And he was going, shit. And all I wanted to do was impress him just yeah. because of, I just wanted, to be, wanted him to be proud. And I was just studying them every night, studying them, just drawing them on paper. Like if, if you could draw it on paper, you should be able to do it on skin and translate it. And then like then I be, just became popular for roses. Like in my town in Blackpool, I was yeah. literally on par with the best doing black and gray roses. So yeah, that's what I, I'd say. That's what I'm known for now is a lot of, just black and grey realistic sleeves and stuff. And I, I want to start pushing 
bat pieces there. I, I, I did one recently. I did a lion. It took me four days. Ooh. And yeah, hey, Gareth, this was his first proper tattoo. He had one little one on his shoulder blade that we covered. And he sat for two days in a row, came back two weeks later and did another two days in a oh, row. Oh, wow. And like a full back piece. Full back piece, yeah. It's just one big lion's head. And it's and I've got to say, I'd never had a favourite tattoo before that. And I've only finished it literally probably eight weeks ago. And right. it's become my favourite favorite piece because I just stood back and thought, Jesus Christ, I've... I've I was I was impressing myself. I don't really praise myself much, but with that, I was like, that is that is spot on. So yeah, I want I want to start doing that now. Do the larger pieces and and, and try and crack into that that world and be, become popular for that. Wow! Like honestly, honestly, apart from being on the when you've done it on the program personally, have you ever done a tattoo? I'm assuming this would be in the start of your career and looked at it and thought. Yes, wow. that's awful. <laughs> really, what was it? Uh, oh, I'll tell you what's embarrassing. Oh, this is embarrassing. Thankfully, well, I don't know if it is thankfully or not, but it's on my brother. Oh. <laughs> my, my, my brother's in the army, Gareth. Right. And we did a Great Britain flag with a soldier's prayer underneath, right? The soldier's prayer spot on. Well, I got the colours wrong on the flag. No way. Oh, my <laughs> I know in the corners where it's like, I can't remember now off the top of my head, it's red in the middle and blue on the outside. I basically did it inverted. I've done it the wrong way around. And oh, <laughs> even, my, my. even my brother didn't stop that until one of his mates went, you do know that flag is not the Great Britain flag, that. <laughs> the colours oh. are wrong. <laughs> did you get it changed? No, I can't change it. I can't get the red over the blue. So thankfully, thankfully, at my new studio, we, we've got a top of the range laser. <laughs> so I'm going to have to just give him a couple of sessions and do him, a, do him one now. But uh, <laughs> What about you then, bud, as, as your tattoos? What would, what would be your, I think, most memorable tattoo? Or what tattoos on your body would you say are kind of, you know, very much storytelling of, of I think, the story that you kind of just told us? Yeah. Obviously, my first tattoo would be one of them because of the, the whole story and yeah. it was my first one. I think the first one, you always become weirdly emotionally attached to it yeah. because it's just part of you, isn't it? Yeah. Second would be, I've, I only started getting my forearms tattooed a year and a half ago. I only literally started getting my forearms at the age of 26. But I love the traditional pieces. I love colour. And my first ever apprentice did it for me. And that for me means a lot to me just because it's it's so perfectly executed and it, it's a proud thing for me that I taught him everything. Yeah. Uh, I taught him how to execute that tattoo perfectly and he does this on a day-to-day basis. And for me, it was, you know, committing to my apprentice tattooing me on my forearm, which I was so, uh, like, I wanted to make sure it was spot on because it's going to be on my forearm and I always have short sleeves on and stuff. So I love that tattoo. I absolutely love it. It's not like it's not massive or anything. It's just a yeah. nice old school. It's called the Battle Royale. It's very popular in the tattoo industry uh, from traditional days, where it's a, it's an eagle uh, and a snake and a skull. So yeah, I love that one, Gareth. That's a, that's a, one of my favourites. Yeah. So is there any future plans for you? Because I I kind of feel like if I was a tattooist, right, and I was in a tattoo studio all the time, and I was around that environment. 
Like I know you're heavily tattooed at the moment, but is there any are you one of these person who like pre-plans a tattoo whereas I'm not kind of one who pre-plans them. I, I wait for something to happen in my life. And that then is the inspiration for me to think of a tattoo. Or do you have in your mind, okay, you know, I love back pieces or I, I love what I've done. I maybe get inspiration from the people who come into your studio to think, actually, I really like what I did on that person. I wouldn't mind that on me. Yeah, I could relate to that because before I did a back piece, I've literally only ever tattooed a couple back pieces in my, in my whole time. But once I saw a, a really good one on a customer, I didn't actually do it. It was one they had done by a, a, another artist and it was phenomenal. And that for me was like, I never had it in my head that I want a full back piece. I was just never never even thought about it. But when I saw that on my customer, I was just so inspired by that. I thought, you don't actually see many back pieces. And when they are done and they're done nice, they look absolutely amazing. Mm. So I spoke to one of my lads that works for me, and, uh, Josh, and said, like, this is going to be my next tattoo. But I never, I've never really got many tattoos for the meaning. Ah, okay. I've always got them, just if I like the look of them. Right. Mainly. But that was growing up. As I've got older, and room becomes a little less <laughs> to yeah. get tattooed, you start making sure that the ones you are getting, there is some meaning behind them. Yeah. Well, that leads me into a, probably what I'm going to say as kind of the final out, I suppose, of this. Because mate, it's be I could I could carry on. I think there's so much depth to your story and I think what you've said will resonate with so many of the people is I've got a room on my arm and I've been thinking for probably like the last two or three years that I really want and it'd be, it's easier when I, when I could explain to you I want an arrow and the meaning of an arrow tattoo an arrow tattoo is, is you have to go backwards yeah to go forward yeah to go forwards but it's been such a big thing in my life of being dragged backwards but I finally feel now I want to I want to shoot forward so I want it to be in a place down the front of my left forearm and I want the blade of the arrow to be on my hand if you can imagine right if you now are you right-handed I am yeah so imagine just you had a bow and arrow in your arm and you pull the bow back but your left hand even though it's gripping if you looked at it from the front you would actually see the arrow do you know what? Can you imagine it? So you'd be yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. So that'd be the arrow, and I'd want it down the front of my arm and on my on my hand. And I've I've kind of never gone around to having it done because I don't know, I've never been inspired. But I'm gonna put this out there that I want you to do it. But you know, I want you to do it, I want you to do it freehand. Because then it would mean so much more to me to do it to do it freehand. Because I've never I've never imagined it, and I've just thought. The whole concept of the story of being dragged backwards to move forwards is freeing yourself. So freehand, drawing something that's freeing you, to me, is like that synergy that I've been waiting for. That moment that I thought to myself, this is the person, this is the time, this is the spot, this is the place. It's just like all aligned. So I'm putting that out there. Absolutely. That'd be it. Yeah. Pleasure, mate. Mate. uh, It'll be great to do that first tattoo for you, freehand. I'd love that. I'd love it. It'd be brilliant, mate. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it'd be a, yeah, fantastic, mate. Quality. Right, but Well, I leave you get on with um, more important things in your life now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. get these shops ready for reopening yeah, next mate. week. Yeah, thanks so much for that, Dan. Absolutely. Thanks, buddy. Take care, brother. Take care, man. See you later. Thanks. Thank you again for listening. If you like the show, then please go ahead and rate, review, and subscribe 
It means you'll never miss an episode and will help other people find us. I want to say a big thank you to any of the tattoo community supporting this podcast. Please do help us spread the word. Now that's it from me. Well, at least until next time. And finally, a closing thank you to the partners of today's episode, Keels. Now, for all the bearded men out there, I'd recommend checking out their Grooming Solution Nourishing Beard Oil, a lightweight beard oil that smooths facial hair and nourishes skin underneath. Their products are great, but what I love just as much is their philanthropic initiatives, including their partnership with Just Like Us. Just Like Us is a leading LGBTQ plus charity that was founded to support young people in the UK by eliminating homophobic, biphobic, and transphobic bullying in schools. Check out the brand and all the amazing things they are doing by visiting keels.co.uk.